Well, it's good to be together with all of you, finally. It's been a long time. This is much preferable to a sanctuary with empty pews or preaching to a camera. I guess we're, we're still doing that this morning, too, but that's, that's good. It's good to be with you. This morning, we're going to be uh, making our way through Psalm 48, if I can keep my notes from blowing away. And I'd invite you, if you have your cell phones or your Bibles with you, your Bibles on your cell phones, uh, to turn there. We'll make our way through, uh, through the whole of that psalm. Aha. Let's see if that works. The problem is we've got multiple pages, but we'll do our best. Uh, I want to start out with a little bit of a thought experiment this morning. All right, I'm going to mention the name of a place. And as I say that the name of that place, I want you to take your, you know, five seconds, close your eyes and picture, imagine that place in your minds. Okay? What is that what does that place look like to you? So, I want you to imagine Jerusalem. Okay? Picture Jerusalem this morning. Get that good and good and firm in your imagination. And then maybe uh, now take just a few seconds and turn to the person next to you and describe the picture in your head. What are some of the things you, you saw when you pictured Jerusalem? Just quick little descriptions. All right, any, anybody want to shout out a few words that you pictured when you, when you saw Jerusalem? Alleys full of people. Asher. Looks like planet kryptonite, okay, from Superman. That's Asher's image. Anybody else, words or images from Jerusalem? The Western Wall. Multicultural. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, this isn't very imaginative. This is roughly what I picture when I imagine Jerusalem. It's probably a picture that you've seen before. It's what you see on the news or in the newspapers. And it's, when I think of Jerusalem, I think of the old city of Jerusalem, right? I think of the Western Wall. I think of of Jaffa Gate. I had the chance to study in Jerusalem for a semester and lived uh, on one corner of Mount Zion. Most of us, I think, when we think of Jerusalem, we think of the old city. And, and we think about that, that walled area that defines Jerusalem into different quarters and sections. And that, that ancient feel to those walls makes, makes it sort of, uh, it, it almost defines what Jerusalem is in our imaginations. We couldn't picture the city of Jerusalem without those, those big ancient walls that surround it. Those are the walls that are mentioned in Psalm 48 this morning. So that's, that's one picture we have in our mind. We have the, the city of Jerusalem. We have this, this multicultural, walled, ancient city of God's people. Now I want you to do the same thing. Try another thought experiment with a different word, all right? So I'm going to say, uh, say something. I want you to picture that in your imagination. All right, the phrase is Jericho Congregational Church. Take five seconds to picture that. All right, and now tell the people next to you what what are the, the things you just saw.
All right, go ahead and shout them out. What did what did you picture? Bricks. What? A big birthday cake. Okay. Togetherness. Lots of people. A white steeple. I think we probably maybe saw different parts of different images. I think many of us, though, you know, maybe at least for a moment, pictured this historic, right, brick building on the green in Jericho Center with the steeple, as we said, the, the red bricks, but also the, the community, the life that we share inside those brick walls, right? The birthday cakes we eat together, the sense of togetherness, as Mike said. The sanctuary uh, that we, we worship in, right, is, is our familiar place, a place where our community gathers to worship. And in some ways, just like it's hard to imagine Jerusalem without those ancient city walls, it's hard for us to imagine JCC without the brick building and the sanctuary that we gather in, without that physical structure. But here we are today for the first time in over four months, right, being together and we are outside of those familiar walls, right? We are here under the, the trees in the Baisley's backyard. And as much as I think we'd all like to be back in that familiar space, to go back to Jericho Center as soon as possible, right? There's, there's a lot about that, that whole process that's kind of beyond our control, a lot we're still figuring out. We, we all know sort of that experience of what it has been like in the past to worship together inside the walls at JCC. We have memories of, of powerful worship times, of celebrations of our life together. And we, we miss probably the warmth and, and the security and the sense of community that that provided. But that also makes me wonder, what have the past four and a half months been like for you worshiping outside those walls? Right, what's that experience been like for each of the, the households parceled out here in the grass today? How has that time worshiping outside the walls of JCC, how has that been challenging? Has it been at times discouraging for some of you? I also want you, though, to think about where perhaps God has met you in important, maybe new ways as a result of, of where he's met with you outside of those walls. And then I want to think about how we are doing today. How are you doing as you arrived here for worship this morning? I want to think about this morning what it looks like to worship within the familiar walls of our sanctuary, but also what it means now for us to worship without them or outside them. And to do that, I want to read through Psalm 48 together. And it's a psalm, interestingly enough, sort of dedicated to, the whole theme of the psalm is about the walls of Jerusalem and the sense of, of security that they provide that city. But in, in as much as it's, it's a psalm devoted to or praising those city walls, I think it also has a, a special relevance or a special application not just for the people who live in Jerusalem, but also for anyone who lives outside Jerusalem. And that's what I want to think about together today. Let me pray for us as we open up God's word together. Jesus, we 
long for your courts. We long to be in, in the house of God. Our spirits, our souls cry out to worship and, and to know the steadfast love of your presence that, that surrounds us. We're grateful that we get to do that in community and gathered together today in a new way. Lord, I pray as we think about what your presence is like and what it means to be secure in that presence, that your, your word would, would be living, would be revealing, would be deeply comforting and, and securing us in you. Lord, may the words of my mouth as I teach this morning, may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to start with the first half, the first eight verses of Psalm 48. It's a, a song or a psalm of the sons of Korah. That's what the inscription says. Verse 1. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. In the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth. Like the heights of Zaphon is Mount Zion. It's an ancient sort of mystical mountain, Zaphon. But Mount Zion is even greater than those heights. The city of the great king. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw Jerusalem and were astounded. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there, pain like that of a woman in labor. You destroyed the enemy like the ships of Tarshish, shattered by an east wind. And as we have heard, so now we have seen. In the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. Selah, which is a Hebrew word that means to pause in worship. So we're going to pause there after verse 8. This is, as I already said, I think a psalm not just about the walls of Jerusalem, but it's essentially a psalm about security. Can we, in fact, be confident through, through difficult or challenging times of adversity? Can we be secure? Psalm 48 at the beginning starts with this, this exalted praise in verses 1 and 2. The psalmist praises the beauty of God. He praises the magnitude of God. The, the Hebrew word there is, is, a, is a word for size, for, for bigness. God is, is great, is magnificent. And God is the king of of his people, the psalmist says. But when we get a little further into the psalm, verses 4 through 7, we find out what's inspired this particular praise. Why did this song get written? And it points to a specific memory of what God has done, specifically what God did for people living inside those walls of Jerusalem, inside Zion. If you've ever stood on the ramparts of an ancient city, ancient city wall, right there is a sense of security and strength from up there. Right? You can look down you know, on the city inside. You can look out over the, the horizon ahead. 
and you're you're elevated, you're you're you know 30, 40, 50 feet off the ground. You're surrounded by all of this stone and strength. You feel secure, right? And you feel secure up until the point when from that rampart you notice an enemy advancing against those same walls. And it, it's during that time of adversity that, that your sense of security gets tested. You find out what, what your security is made of, so to speak, where it lies. And verse 4 here describes one of those unexpected times of adversity or anxiety for the people of Jerusalem. When a, an alliance of enemies advanced against the city. And we're not told specifically which uh, historical event this points to. Uh, some have speculated that it may be what we find described in 2 Kings 19, when in 701 BC, the Assyrian army kind of made their way through Palestine, Israel. They laid waste to most of the other smaller cities, and then they came to Jerusalem and set up their siege. They were going to overtake King Hezekiah and the city. And despite the, the incredible walls that surrounded Jerusalem, the protection that those offered, right, the people inside the city soon became prisoners within those same walls. Right? And they became anxious and nervous about their future. Right? It's hard to remain confident and secure when you hear the Assyrian army right, marching around your walls day after day. It gets easy to become afraid. And we don't live in a walled city today, even though we live in Jericho or other places. There's a bit of irony in that, right? But we probably also experience that swing between security and anxiety. Right? There are some days we feel confident and secure. There are other days we feel a bit anxious about the future. And I think back to, to all of the simple freedoms, the, the sort of gifts of community that we took for granted before this whole pandemic started off, right? We, we felt comfortable and secure coming and worshiping week after week in Jericho, in Jericho Center, in so, inside the, the sanctuary there. And we were comfortable and secure in that until all of a sudden we couldn't be there anymore. Right. Suddenly, this, this cloud of uncertainty rolled in about mid-March. And, and our sense of, of what was safe, of what was secure, of what was going to, to happen, suddenly became, you know, sort of unstable, upset. Maybe the, the walls, the, the sense of familiarity, the things that I depended upon for my security weren't as, as deep or as secure as I thought. But as it says here in verse 3, it's not actually the, the things that are familiar to us. It's not the walls we erect. It's not the things that we do that make us feel secure or, or that actually make us safe. Verse 3 says it is God himself who is our fortress. Right? It's, it's not the walls that surround us, but it's the one we worship inside those same walls that actually saves us. And if, in fact, Psalm 48 is about 701 B.C., what we read in 2 Kings, this Assyrian siege, what actually saved the city on that occasion was not their walls. They held for a time. 
but it was an act of God, an angel of God sent against the Assyrian army that caused them to flee. Verses 5 through 7 says that they fled in terror because they confronted the presence of God within that city. They were blown away like, like ships lost at sea. And that causes the psalmist to rejoice, to exclaim in verse 8, Now not only have I heard about the greatness of God, right? what he did for Moses, what he did for Joshua, what he did for my ancestors, but now I have seen it myself. Right? I have both heard and now seen the greatness of God. And particularly the greatness of God so that the psalmist recognizes it's not the walls of Jerusalem that make him secure, but it's, it's the God who dwells there with him. Right? God makes her secure forever, says verse 8. So from the, the first half of this psalm, I think kind of the key idea is that wherever God dwells, his people dwell securely. I want you to say that with me. Wherever God dwells, his people dwell securely. You try it. Wherever God dwells, his people dwell securely. The reality is that God's protection, his care for us, are just as real whether we're inside walls of stone or whether we're outside, camped out in the, the Baisley's backyard. Right? Whether we're gathered safely together as a community or whether we're scattered in the, the sort of wilderness of COVID-19. Right? Wherever God dwells, we dwell securely. And so with that, that truth in mind, I want to read now the last half, the last six verses of this psalm. And I want us to consider how we then go out, outside the walls that are familiar to us and dwell securely in that place. And I think that's sort of actually the, the application or the audience envisioned here in verses 9 through 14. Verse 9. Within your temple, God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Count her towers. Consider well her ramparts. View her citadels that you may tell of them to the next generation. And notice this twist. There's a shift here. Walk around the city. Notice all its details. Verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. I think this part of the psalm is written, again, not so much for the people who lived in Jerusalem and lived through this experience, but actually for the people who lived outside the walls of Jerusalem, both in, in that generation and in those generations to come. Right, the people who lived in the smaller towns of Judah, the people who lived in, in the other tribal provinces that would come up as pilgrims to worship. Right? The, the book of Psalms is a, a communal book of worship for all God's people when they would come to Jerusalem to worship. 
And they lived most of their lives in on, on farmsteads, maybe in very small villages, but they had no great city walls to protect them, at least not anything equivalent to Jerusalem. But each year, right, a, a few times a year, they would come to the temple at Passover or at Tabernacles, and they would gather there. Verses 9 through 10 say that when they came, they would come into the temple and they would meditate on the unfailing love of God, his chesed love, right? a love that is always and everywhere. And I think the idea here is that as they consider who God is in his temple, in the walls of Jerusalem, they see that actually his presence, his security, his strength extends far beyond that one place. Right? The psalm says it extends, his praise extends to the ends of the earth. Right? Wherever God's people dwell, his presence, his praise, his power dwells with them. And so in conclusion, the, the psalmist gives them one thing to do. He says, before you leave town, before you go back to wherever you're from, take the chance to go up on the city walls here. Verses 12 and 13. It says, go up on the ramparts and the walls of Jerusalem. Count the number of towers. Look at the citadels. Right? Get a, a really clear picture of this impressive you know, fortress, this sense of security this, this place communicates to you. Why? Is the idea so that they can get the blueprints in their mind and go back home and try to build the same wall in their village? Of course not. Right? That's not physically possible. The point comes in the transition between 13 and 14. It says, as you notice these things, as you sense the incredible security that they seem to offer, as you picture these incredible walls and ramparts and towers, take those images and apply them to who God is. Know that this is what your God is like. He is strong and secure. He is present among his people, right? He is our refuge and our strength because we belong to him. If you, if you really wanted to, if you're really missing being inside the walls of our church, you could try the same exercise this week. You could go up to Jericho Center. You could walk around that old church building, touch the walls, the bricks if you need to. Remember that the community and maybe security and familiarity of that place, the goodness of God in that place to you. But then let those things remind you that, in fact, the same God is present to us within and without those walls. Right? Wherever we live, wherever we worship, whatever enemy, whatever anxiety besets us, let us meditate, let us dwell in the unfailing love of God whether it's in our sanctuary, in a temple, in the fields of Richmond, Vermont, in our backyards or in our living rooms through this unpredictable time. We can dwell securely because our God is present. Our God is with us. It's interesting to think about that after this psalm was written, right, the walls of Jerusalem actually fell and were rebuilt. And they fell again, and they were rebuilt multiple times, right? The walls of, of Jerusalem 
were not forever secure in their current state. But the faithfulness of Jerusalem's God has outlived those walls, right? It has been maintained. His steadfast love has never fallen or failed. As the last verse says, he's a guide who stays with his people everywhere, always. So we wrap up with uh, Psalm 48 this morning. In a moment, Steve and Bonnie are going to to play uh, a piece of music. And I'd invite you, as the Psalms invite us to do, to remember what God has done. To remember how God surrounds us, like, like a city wall surrounds its people, how God surrounds us in his love and security. And as uh, we listen to that music, I'd invite you just to meditate on where God has surrounded and made you secure these past few months. And at the, at the conclusion of that, that time of music, if you want to share any of that as a praise, uh, as a prayer to who God is and how he has made you secure, then, then I invite you to do that. But let's, let's take a few moments to reflect. <laughs>